Home. Gareth McRae with Easy Classics, Sydney's 2CH. Well, starting at the Capitol Theatre in August is a production of My Fair Lady that you must go and see. This is directed by the dame herself, Dame... Julie Andrews. This is what she had to say about this show. It was one of the great shows from the golden era of Broadway musicals. And I think everybody yearns for a great show like this with glorious sets and costumes and wonderful actors and good music and beautiful dancing. This has got it all, including George Bernard Shaw. Look at her, a prisoner of the gutters. Condemned by every syllable she utters. By right, she should be taken out and hung for the cold-blooded murder of the English tongue. Oh, heavens, what a sound. This is what the British population calls an elementary education. I'm sorry, I think you picked a poor example. Did I? Hear them down in Soho Square, dropping H's everywhere, speaking English any way they like. Hey, you, sir, did you go to school? What are you tight for, a fool? Well, no one taught him take instead of tyke. Hear a Yorkshireman, or worse, hear a Cornishman converse. They'd rather hear a choir singing flat. Chickens cackling in a barn, just like this one. God. God. I ask you, sir, what sort of word is that? It's our and gone that keep her in our place. Not her wretched clothes and dirty face. Why can't the English teach their children how to speak? This verbal class distinction by now should be antique. If you spoke as she does, sir, instead of the way you do, why, you might be selling flowers too. Beg your pardon. An Englishman's way of speaking absolutely classifies him. The moment he talks, he makes some other Englishman despise him. One common language I'm afraid we'll never get. Oh, why can't the English learn to set a good example to people whose English is painful to your ears? The Scotch and the Irish leave you close to tears. There even are places where English completely disappears. Well, in America, they haven't used it for years. Why can't the English teach their children how to speak? Norwegians learn Norwegian. The Greeks are taught their Greek. In France, every Frenchman knows his language from A to Z. The French don't care what they do, actually, as long as they pronounce it properly. Arabians learn Arabian with the speed of summer lightning. The Hebrews learn it backwards, which is absolutely frightening. Use proper English, you're regarded as a freak. Why can't the English... Why can't the English learn to speak? Yeah, Rex Harrison, why can't the English learn to speak? Charles Edwards, who is English, and also Professor Higgins... Welcome to Sydney. Thank you very much. It's yeah, so good to have you here. Why can't the English learn to teach their children how to speak? It's oh, a big question. It's, uh, it's very odd listening to that, that, listening to Rex. I've purposely avoided listening to him for all these months while I've been in rehearsal. But now you've just made me sit and listen. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. Now listen, Charles, we'll, we'll go through some of the wonderful things you've done in the past, but... I've been led to believe, and I haven't seen the show myself, and I'm looking forward to seeing this production in Sydney at the Capitol Theatre. You have not listened to Rex Harrison's version of it, and you've given it your own stamp. How have you managed to do it? What have you done? Well, I think it's because it's so set in, certainly in my head, and many of us who grew up with My Fair Lady, it's a very 
definitive performance. Um, and I think in any new version, even though this version does recreate fabulously the 1956 original, mm-hmm. which Julie has done beautifully, whilst you have that on beautiful display, it's very important within the, um, the acting and the performance to, to try and find something new. Um, otherwise, you've got a, a, something stuck in aspect, sure. which... which may be appealing to some but but to speak to a new audience i think you need to have new dynamic and whilst rex is fabulous no one's no one's denying sure. that it's uh, but also any new actor coming to a role however many times it's been played by however many other actors you want to do your own thing with it sure so um, and that's not to 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 be willful and go against the, the character but just to try and find new breath new life within it i i've been led to believe that uh George Bernard Shaw, Pygmalion, where, from where we get this wonderful, wonderful score, he was opposed to it being a musical. Are you aware why? I mean, what was his problem? His problem, he's a, sure, it's a funny one. You know, he called it, he subtitled Pygmalion, a romance in five acts, and yet he says it's not a love story. Now, the thing about, he, he, he didn't want there to be any um, romance between Eliza and Higgins. My fair lady doesn't suggest that there is necessarily. If you want to believe that there is at the end of the show, you can go away and think that. But what there is in My Fair Lady uh, is a coming together of minds. And of it's it's like in Shakespeare, Beatrice and Benedict, or any of those warring, um, arguing characters. Higgins and Eliza are like that. They enjoy each other's wit and, and each other's minds very much. Mm. And My Fair Lady gives Higgins and Eliza an ending that Pygmalion doesn't, which is that, that she, she chooses to come back to him whereas in the in the play she doesn't want anything more to do with him it didn't in the play pygmalion uh, george bernard shaw rewrite a, 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 a closing act so that she marry someone else he did he wrote an oh, epilogue she- he did because he was so fed up with everybody saying oh you know why don't they get together at the end but she she goes off and marries freddie which is probably what happens in my fair lady mm. too but um what what learner and low give us which shaw doesn't is a is a a reunion at the end. Yep. Um, From doing the performances you have done, I mean, we've got Les Miserables, we've got uh, Hamilton in, in New York, we've got Hello, Dolly coming back. We've got a whole range of musicals that seem to be taking music and the storyline in a different direction. What is it you think essentially about a, a show that came out in 1956 mm. that still has currency, that still has enjoyment, that still has everyone wants to go and see it? I think it's to do with the quality of the of the product. I think the writing, of course, is sure is fabulously challenging intellectually, I and mean, that's what I love about My Fair Lady is that you can have a very rich intellectual text set within a musical, and mm. that's what makes it a very very satisfying marriage of of music and text. <laughs> Having said that, the music and the lyrics are absolutely beautiful, mm. and um, the 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 orchestration in this production particularly is is stunning. Now, just watching you listening to the Rex Harrison version yes. about the English and what have they done to the language? Yeah. It's almost the, the learner and low lyrics are very clever because everything they said is true. Yes, it is true. <laughs> it no offence, but no, it's no. true. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, the great thing about Higgins is that Higgins isn't a snob. Higgins' clarion call is that he, he wants there to be, uh, he wants to, dis- to remove the class system. Because he says that if you speak posh and someone else speaks common, in inverted commas, that's, that perpetuates the class system. He yeah. wants to rid the world of that, which is actually quite a, an admirable. Hmm. However, he is, he is deeply uh, warped in other areas. <laughs> but, uh, 
We won't walk down that path. Thank you very much, Charles. I'm talking to Charles Edwards. Charles Edwards is uh, the, the brilliant performer in as Professor Higgins in My Fair Lady. If you missed this the last time it's around, it's coming to the Capitol Theatre. There'll be previews from August 24, and the show itself starts from opening night is the 27th of August, and the performances are Wednesday to Saturday at 7.30pm. Matinees Tuesday and Wednesday 1pm, Saturday 2pm and Sunday 3pm. Now, if you missed all that, just go to My Fair Lady on the web, on Google and you'll, you'll get all that. Your your career is, is quite remarkable. I mean, I mentioned you're in Downton Abbey. Yes. You played Michael Gregson. They, they killed did. you off. They did. Uh, you're, you're also in what's on, currently on the ABC <laughs> television, a show called The Halcyon. Yes. They killed you off. They did. Uh, is there any reason why they're doing this? <laughs> I, I have no control over that. No, I just... I, I'm only joking. <laughs> no, but the po- no, it, believe me, I have noticed it. The I have power noticed of the, the actor. The power of the actor. I am led to believe when you played King George the Sixth, the stutterer, yeah. Yeah. on Broadway, and you played King George the Sixth. That there was a lady who was a stutterer uh, that used to give out pamphlets, and That's you formed true. a bond with her, That's very true. showing the power of the actor. Can you just tell us that? This was Amanda, and she um, she used to work. She still does work for the Stammering Association. And uh, wherever we played the show initially on tour, she would set up her her desk in the foyer and give out pamphlets, as you've just said. And she was very, very incapable of of speaking freely. Mm. Um, and would blush terribly and, you know, it was very uncomfortable for her. But nevertheless, there she was giving out her, you know, doing her work, her volunteer work. And she came to see the show a lot. And um, and gradually she began to open up and um, uh, we've become friends. And she said, if it hadn't been for the show... Um, I, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. And um, she's now she now talks about stammering in public and she now appears on television mm. discussing it. She, a changed woman. And she she found the David Seidler's story. Essentially, David Seidler wrote the play uh, about, of course, about George and, um, and Logue, but it's also about him because he was a terrible stammerer. Mm. And, mm. and you never conquer a stammer. You, you only learn to manage it. Mm. And um, that's, that's what Amanda has done. And um, it's very touching for me obviously to be to have been involved in something where somebody has been affected like that does that reinforce maybe the comment i've just made that the actor has a pretty an actress has a pretty significant responsibility in their performance because they don't know who it's going to touch and how it's going to touch them absolutely and i think in something as sensitive as, as the king's speech where you're dealing with something like a stammer um which many people don't know much about hmm. um yes it's it's it's, yes, one does feel I felt very responsible to come up with something that was believable and real in terms of the stammer. And I, and I had um, meetings with a, a speech therapist to try and settle on a stammer that was a, a realistic, sure. you know. Uh, a very, very significant part of English history, again, that whole process of George and Absolutely. having to deliver the Christmas message and, and how it took part. Yeah. But your television career is also an ideal husband, Marsville Park. Batman Begins, I can't get my head around that one. Yeah, that was Diana great. and also Philomena. So your career is, is, is all-embracing. And now, as Professor Higgins, do you like the stage most of all? I think I probably do. I mean, obviously, I've been asked that question many times over the years, and I think I probably do. I, I genuinely, genuinely have a good time, whatever I'm doing. Hmm. Um, but in terms of the, I guess a lot of actors come back to this, it's to do with the immediacy of the reaction, the fact that it's different every night, um, you know, because with a different group of people in the room, which you do get every night with a, with a, with a theatre play, you're going to get a different evening. And uh, the, the, the buzz, all those things are true. You know, it's it's immediate and it's it's fun and it's particularly in a comedy, 
or a musical even, it's uh, even more fun. Professor Higgins, played by Charles Edwards from the United Kingdom, an actor extraordinaire. It's My Fair Lady. It's something you must go and see at the Capitol Theatre with previews starting August 24. Professor, break a leg. Thank you very much indeed. Don't die in My Fair Lady. I won't. The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain. Again. The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain. I think she's got it. I think she's got it. The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain. By George, she's got it. By George, she's got it. Now once again, where does it rain? On the plain, on the plain. And where's that soggy plain? Is the age of the rain in Spain? My fair lady, you must go and see it. And 